He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And, and we got news for you galore. Uh, in the studio, we have Judge Richard Weinberg and Congressman Peter King. Uh, and my sidekick here, Lydia Serrani. And I understand we have some breaking news. Breaking news, WABC. Well, what happened? The New York State Supreme Court rules that non-citizens cannot vote in local elections. On the line with us right now to discuss this further, thanks to Vito Fasella, who is a Staten Island borough president who launched this case to begin with. What a victory. Vito Fasella, again, New York State Supreme Court ruling that non-citizens cannot vote in in local elections. Vito, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, John. Um, hey, Vito, uh, great job. I, I hate to admit it, but you're the best. Great job. <laughs> Peter. My dear friend, Peter. Coming from, i, I got to repeat. The, is there a way I can uh, record that oh, and just listen to it over and over that I'm the best, Peter? I'll well, send you, you a podcast, Thank you. Vito. Thank you. But, you know, I, let me just say at the outset, and thanks for the, the kind words, but it, I think it's the people of New York State who who won, the citizens of the state that truly won. And that's why we brought this action. And um, what can we say? You know, when they started this, this I call it a game, to allow non-citizens the right to vote, uh, we had to stand up for the good people of Staten Island, New York City, New York State, and say that it's very clear. The New York State Constitution says you have to be a citizen to vote. And they didn't like it, so they passed a local law that really violated not only the state constitution, but also uh, state election law as well as something called the municipal home rule law. So uh, it was a victory. Uh, we'll see if it's appealed. I wouldn't be surprised if it is appealed to the appellate division and then ultimately to uh, the Court of Appeals. You know, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. seems to me that the basis of this is they diluted the vote and the value of the vote of citizens of this city. That's the core of it, uh, Judge. You're absolutely right. Aside from just the the violation, and and it should open people's eyes when something is so crystal clear that they, the Constitution says only citizens can vote, and they're allowing non-citizens to vote. What about these other types of laws or or language and legislation that is not as crystal clear? Mm-hmm what some folks try to get get away with. And what it does is truly dilutes, and the judge, to his credit, uh, affirmed that by allowing 800,000, it would be one of the largest cities in the country, a million people to, to now vote, even though they don't, they're not citizens. Vito, we uh, also have Bill O'Reilly on the, uh, on the phone with us. Is Bill on? Uh, Bill O'Reilly, again, he has a show, Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly, Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. here at WABC. He's a prolific author. His latest book, Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists, great book. Bill O'Reilly, what Bill is your O'Reilly, thought on what, this? What, what's your comment on Vito Fisella winning the Supreme Court about, uh, you know, non-citizens voting. not voting? Well, it's a good thing, obviously. Um, if you took a poll of WABC listeners now, it'd probably be 90% say that the uh, Constitution of the state of New York should be upheld. I mean, it's not anything out of the ordinary. What is frightening, though, is that the um, taking it out of just New York City, the plan of the progressive movement is to allow non-citizens to vote, foreign nationals to vote, and then to do away with any kind of voter ID. So 
that means anybody can vote in any election in the United States. That's what the progressives want. And it's, it's a continuing pattern of not upholding the law. You see it everywhere. So, um, you know, you're, you commit a crime in New York, odds are you're not going to be prosecuted. You are, are born in Romania and you get here and overstay your visa. You can walk in and vote in the primary tomorrow. Does that make sense to anybody? So uh, I congratulate Vito. I think that uh, what he did was a patriotic thing. But the larger question is that these progressives, they have a view, a master plan. And this was part of it, that anybody can vote. Vito, who was the law firm that handled it with you? There was a, a firm that specialized in constitutional law from upstate New York. We had local folks who were going to do it pro bono. But uh, to Bill's point, and thank you, Bill, for the kind words, you know, the, the RNC actually uh, stepped up as well because this was a burgeoning movement, uh, as we see, right? You get these progressive or whatever you want to call them, DAs in San Francisco and other cities, uh, they all work together and it's all interconnected. And New York City was going to be a beachhead for other cities. They felt once they were successful here, they can begin to branch out to other cities and other states. And, and we sort of stopped them in the tracks, at least for now and at least around here. But just think about the flip side, right? Think about if you, Peter, myself, Richard, and everybody here, and we took 50,000 people, went to another country, and in uh, two weeks' time we say, okay, we're going to vote. Would we be surprised if people told us, no, you can't vote in these countries? So why are we so shocked that this is, this is happening right here and right now? I don't understand. Vito, I don't think anybody's shocked. I think they were shocked by the attempt. And now they're relieved that the attempt has been rebuffed based upon the Constitution of the United States. So, I I mean, these people are bold. I mean, these progressives are trying to take this country into a totally different area. And the only way they can do that is to ignore standing law and then reinvent crazy law. I mean, abortion ruling, you see this from... Ocasio-Cortez, from Nancy Pelosi, from even Schumer. Oh, we don't need the Supreme Court anymore. Uh, we got to knock it out and put 30 justices in there and turn it into a political committee. That's what they want because they're not getting their way. So it's an imposition of a progressive philosophy that is absolutely the opposite of what the founding fathers and the founders of New York State want it. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent point. Um, Here here we are on the eve of July 4th. Many of us still love that Independence Day and the sacred day in which what it really means is when this experiment, the United States, became uh, the first time in history given people the sovereign. The Constitution is the sovereign document for the United States. It reflects the will of the people. The New York State Constitution is a sovereign document that represents yeah. the views of the people. And along come this group that basically say, we don't care what that says. That's we control right. we that. Or put it, and you know, here, put here's it. the kicker. You could overturn that statute in New York State if the voters wanted to overturn it. Correct. There's a mechanism. Correct. Okay. But again, these people are fascists. That's what, that's what the media will never tell you. And the media enables all this, by the way. 
Have you heard any local television station editorialize against allowing foreign nationals to vote? Have any of you heard any local television station editorialize against that? No. No. Because the progressive media is hand-in-hand with the zealots. So, look, we all have to understand the big picture here. And there's a primary vote tomorrow. Not many New Yorkers will vote in it, tragically. The percentage of the registered voters going to poll tomorrow will be very low. But people need to wise up because you like your democracy the way it is, Fourth of July the way it is. Ain't going to be here in five years unless the traditional forces rally. I wanted to bring up another case that the Supreme Court of the United States ruled on Coach Kennedy Uh, You heard about this. This is an incredible, this coach, Washington State, after each game, after he was a high school football coach, he would kneel at the 50-yard line, and the school fired him over it. Well, the Supreme Court ruled in his favor and said that he, he, now he says he wants to get his job back, and they said he had a right to religious expression, freedom of expression. So finally, we're kind of righting a lot of these wrongs. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, what's your reaction to hearing about that case? Well, I predicted it would happen on June 11th, and you'll hear that tonight on Common Sense on WABC, because it's clear if you know what the Constitution says that a private citizen can practice any kind of spirituality in public. And by the way, no matter what religion you are, if you want to go on the subway and say a prayer to yourself, well, without, you know, infringing on anybody else, you can do that. And all this guy did was after the game, he kneeled on the on the field and he said a prayer. Bill, you know, you said it's obvious in the Constitution, and I agree with you, but the three liberal judges on the court voted against the coach. Because they, because and, they don't care about the Constitution. That's part of the progressive movement. Yeah. And my point is, if Donald Trump hadn't appointed the three judges that he did, we'd still be back in the dark ages. So that's something we really owe to Donald Trump. Well, it's true that Trump deserves credit for bringing the Supreme Court back into the traditional area. There's no doubt about it. But the threat that the far left progressive movement, the threat that is still in play is not going away anytime soon. You see that the people who want unfettered abortion. And you know what? This is our, and WABC listeners are going to appreciate this. New York State not only has the most liberal abortion laws in the country, New York State has the most liberal abortion laws in the world. In the world. We're up there with China, mm-hmm. Russia. Yep. That's where we are on unfettered abortion. Germany, France, Italy, all have much more restrictive abortion laws than New York's. Did you guys know that? Yes. Every secular government in Europe, every one, has more restrictive abortion laws than New York State. We're with Beijing. Albany and Beijing are aligned. No rights for the unborn up until two minutes before birth. You can put a... Uh, a mechanism in a baby's soul in New York State. Is this the kind of state we want to live in? While it's That's in the birth question. canal. Mm-hmm. 
It's horrible. Bill, it's horrific. It's Bill, murder. What I'm very, it's Richard Weinberg. What I'm very troubled about is I just read that there were threats made by this group called Jane's Revenge against a Catholic yeah. church here in Manhattan. How awful sure. is that? And where is that on any of the media outlets? Not nowhere. That you know that Lydia is really the key. Outside of the New York Post, there is not one New York City media outlet. And WABC. This what was that? And seventy-seven WABC. Yeah, of course, because that's why we've surged from oblivion to number two in the marketplace. That's why WABC has done something that has never been done before in New York radio. But if you watch all six local news stations, PBS, and you'll never get any of this because they fear the progressive movement. They fear it. And, you know, I'm telling you, just as I said before, if you look at New York State right now, it is absolutely off the chart far left. Well, th- thank you, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Thank you, Vito Fisella. Congratulations again. We got somebody, uh, uh, Ingrid uh, uh, Lewis, Lewis Martin. Martin. She's the chief advisor uh, to from, Mayor Adams. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mayor Adams' office on, and and we're gonna we're gonna talk to you again real soon, guys. Thank Great you job, so much. Vito. Congrat- congratulations. Uh, do we have Ingrid on? Ingrid. Hi. How are you, Kat? Good. I am well. Ingrid was. Uh, uh, Deputy Borough President of Brooklyn under uh, Mayor Eric Adams, and now she is Special Assistant to uh, Chief Advisor. Uh, chief Advisor I'm to correct you. I'm the Chief Advisor. The Chief. chief. We're going to call you yes, chief. chief. Chief Advisor. Yes. Chief Advisor to uh, Mayor Eric Adams, and and uh, there was a uh, there's a culture war going on in our city, and the, I don't know if you heard Vito Fasella. They won. Uh, the lawsuit against uh, – because uh, it's in the Constitution of New York State non-citizens uh, voting. of non-citizens voting. And I don't, I don't know if you have any comment on it or we'll wait for Mr. Adams to make a comment on it later. Yeah, I really didn't hear um, Mr. Faselli, both President Faselli, because I was um, on a Zoom. And um, I really am unprepared to really have a discussion about that. Understood. Moment, so I Understood. Want to speak out of turn. Yes. Tell us, tell us about uh, uh, tomorrow. There, there, there's a culture war going on against uh, a common sense Democrats and regressive Democrats. How is that going? I mean, tomorrow is a primary day. Well, I'm really concerned that our common sense Democrats um, may feel no urgency to go and vote. Meanwhile, the the leftists feel the intense urgency to go and vote. So it's important that the common sense Democrats realize that if they don't vote, we're going to lose our seats, and we need them to go and vote. It's important. You know, um, I think last week was early voting, and um, it was really disappointing. There are about 3.8 million um, eligible voters in New York City, and up to 3.8 million, I think 90 thousand voted that's like just about two percent oh my that's God. a problem that's horrible that's so how we, we really have to get out yeah a really low number so we have to get people to get out there and vote um should i call her chief i like the word chief chief ingrid chief ingrid uh yes. question I like yeah i like it um uh, by the way i'm a huge fan of yours we always love it when you come here to wabc radio nice strong invite me Yes, come by anytime. 
I wanted to ask you, I know Mayor Adams, he's been very outspoken about these repeat offenders constantly being left out on the streets of professional boosters. What can we do to stop this from happening? I know he went up to Albany. He's trying to change the bail reform law. I mean, this is really frustrating. I can imagine for the law enforcement, for leaders, for us New Yorkers as well, that the same people are committing the same crimes over and over again. Well, you're right. We did go to Albany as a team. He spoke with his colleagues, and I believe the governor is trying to get something done to strengthen the laws. The um, DAs are also using all of the resources that they can because he's been meeting with them as well. And the judges, the judges have to do their job because sometimes the judges are misinterpreting what the law is. Um, One of the the, um, DAs had a conversation with me in Staten Island, I believe it was the Staten Island DA, and he explained that sometimes the judges don't understand the power. Another DA explained to me that we have – Judges who are acting as criminal judges who don't really understand criminal law, so they shouldn't really be in the courts. So all of that stuff has to be addressed. So we're hoping that through meeting with the um, court administration, through working with the governor and the mayor's colleagues in Albany to get these laws strengthened, the laws strengthened, and for the people who are able to enact putting these bad repeat offenders away now, you know, for them to do it now and not mistaken what their actual ability is. Ingrid, it's uh, yeah. it's Judge Richard Weinberg. I I just want to say with respect to the judges, the dirty little secret is that there are not enough people on the criminal court. So what they do, after civil court judges are elected or appointed for an interim position by the mayor, they're assigned by the Office of Court Administration to sit in the criminal parts. And that's the problem. Yeah. So you have people, you're actually very correct, Chief Ingrid. They don't have the experience. They shouldn't be seeing on, on criminal cases. And they're just looking to, to stay there for a little bit, and, and then they move on to the civil parts. And that's a real weakness because you need people who know the business. Right. But if we don't have enough, you started by saying we don't have enough criminal court judges. So maybe if we're going to put someone who is a civil court judge in a criminal part, maybe they should have additional training or maybe they should have to um, sit in criminal court and learn a little bit before they're put before they're put in criminal court because it's a problem. We saw where um, one of the judges a few weeks ago released a criminal. It was in Staten Island. It was crazy. The criminal should have definitely been remanded, but the person was let go and it was problematic. And um, I, we think it's because the person, as you said, was a civil court judge who's in the wrong position. But if we don't have enough, then we have to do additional training. But there has to be a viable solution, and that's up to the courts to okay. figure out a viable solution. Uh, we got a minute left before we have a, a governor from uh, Western State on, from governor state of uh, South Dakota. Uh, we got a minute left. What, tell the voters. Get all the common sense voters out. Yes. You have to go out and vote. People are outraged about the Supreme Court ruling. That's a testament. That shows you that when you don't have the right people in office, the things that you want to happen do not happen. You get the opposite result. So now as voters, you have an opportunity to vote and put into office people who have the same political views as you do. So do not be lazy. Do not think that your vote doesn't matter, that it doesn't count. Your vote matters. Your vote counts. Go and vote. We need well, you to go and vote. Uh, 
Chief uh, Ingrid Lewis-Martin, yep. thank you so much for your common sense, and thank you so much for speaking out. And we hope to have you in the studio soon. Anytime. I love it there. Take thank care. you. Bye-bye. And now we have uh, the uh, governor of South Dakota, and uh, she's uh, – I'm not sure if she's in New York today. Her name is Christy Nome. Uh, Governor Gnome, how are you? I'm doing great. It's great to visit with you. It is a little rainy here, though. I am here for the day, and uh, I was hoping for a little more sunshine. Maybe it'll come out here later today. Maybe tomorrow. The sun will shine. Tomorrow? What, what, what was the play? The sun will shine tomorrow? The sun will there come out. There we go. Out. The sun will come out. That's right. <laughs> uh, tell us, uh, why did uh, Bill Gates buy 300,000 acres in South Dakota? Yeah, I'd love to know. You know, this this is a very interesting to me. He's been buying up land all over the country. And so, you know, not a trustworthy individual by what his agenda may be. I would say that it's something for us to all keep our eyes on. Hey, Christian, this is Pete King. How you doing? Hi, Pete. Gosh, good to hear from you, Pete. Good to talk to you. How, how are things in South Dakota with the economy and uh, energy? I mean, uh, you know, the Keystone Pipeline shut down. How has that impacted your state? Oh, yeah. Well, South Dakota is doing great. We have the number one economy in the country. We have less than 600 people on unemployment in the entire state. Well, of course, it's a great governor. A great governor does that. Yeah, well, we got good people, uh, too. But, you know, we and our incomes are growing faster in South Dakota than anywhere else. But but it has to to keep up with what Joe Biden is doing on inflation here in this country. You know, he's taking it right back out of their pockets. I'd say the Keystone Pipeline getting shut down was devastating. You know, our number one industry is agriculture. We're a heavily energy dependent state. When he shut that down, it not only cost us jobs, but it cost a lot of these counties and schools, property tax revenue, uh, and and the higher transportation costs now to get fuel and gas and oil where it needs to go is, is putting right on the back of hardworking South Dakotans. Governor, it's, uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. I understand you have a new book that's coming out this week, not my first rodeo. Could you tell us about it, please? I, I do. I do. It's really a story of, you know, most people probably think I would write a political book. It's It does have some political stories in it, but it's mainly about my life so far. Some of the lessons I had growing up, um, how I made my decisions throughout life when I was outside of government and politics, but also once I got into politics. I think most people in this country probably first heard my name during COVID and don't know much else about me. So it's a chance to tell my story and help people understand a little bit about where I came from. And right now in this country, people are so curious about the West, about rural America, about what our way of life is like. I think that this is a good chance to kind of showcase how life is in South Dakota and how wonderful it is. Governor Nome, this is Lydia Serrani. To hear President Biden blame all that ails this country on Trump, on Putin, on COVID, what goes through your mind? Well, you know, honestly, I just don't listen to him very much. I mean, I don't know. Does anybody <laughs> listen to him? I, It's just difficult. I think even the Democrats are ushering him out the door. You know, they're just trying to figure out who's next. So, you know, I'm, I'm just constantly amazed by how they use fear to control people. We've seen them using that through all these Supreme Court decisions the last week um, and, and how they're using scare tactics and lying and blaming someone else. You know, what we're living with today as far as increased energy costs, increased food costs, supply chain issues, but even national security decisions, those rest squarely 
on Joe Biden's shoulders. That is his responsibility. He did this to our country, and we've got to figure out a way to talk to people about it in a way that they recognize this has nothing to do with President Trump or Republicans. This is all Democrat socialism that they've embraced and put into place. Well, as, as we said before, and I think we talked about it, and I've said it uh, in many news agencies, if you open up the spigots and oh, we can do 15 million barrels uh, a day in the United States if, they, if the Washington allowed us to, then the price of oil come back down to normal. And if it comes down to normal, there is no inflation. Oh, absolutely, because now we have to import um, our energy. They're controlling the prices, um, and, and anything that we do generate and use here in the United States obviously is on that on that world market as well. And so what we've done by making us dependent on foreign sources is we've given them all the control, all the control over our energy supply when we were energy independent just a year and a half ago, two years ago. So it has been a complete turnaround, and it's only strengthened our enemies. Governor Nome, do you feel that there is a portion of the population trying to transform our country? Uh, John Katzmatidi says a it, big portion. It's a but small they, portion. They, yeah. they, they are what I. They're a portion that uh, speak out, yell, scream, holler, and the com even the common sense Democrats are scared crapless about them. Yeah, well, and they're too scared to even speak up at all. So they're controlling the narrative. You know, yes, I knew for years that we had people that were serving in our government, elected officials in Congress that basically were socialists. They embraced all the policies, but they would have never embraced it as publicly or boldly as they do today. I guess that's the one thing that concerns me the most is how quickly I've seen that change the last couple of years, where they went from being true believers but doing it behind closed doors to all of a sudden out there aggressively shoving it down people's throats, telling them it's the only way to move forward. So it's a lot of good leaders that I know right now are discouraged and, and they're tired of fighting. They want to quit. And I would just say As, to everyone. Don't, don't forget what Larry Kudlow says. The cavalry is coming. <laughs> the cavalry is coming. Right. And it'd be the worst time to quit. We need people to double down and to continue to talk about the fact that leadership has consequences. Nobody knows that more than people in New York. Goodness sakes, you guys went through hell because you had the wrong yes. leadership in yes. place. Well, Governor uh, Christine Nome of South Dakota, thank you so much. And welcome to New York. Spend some money while you're here. <laughs> and uh, we hope the sun shines on you tomorrow. Well, thank you, and I hope you all get the time to read the book. It's being released tomorrow. It's called Not My First Rodeo, but it is uh, an interesting book. I think people will love it. So buy it anywhere books are sold. Great okay. talking to you, Christy. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much. Take care, Pete. Uh, See you later. Let's take a break, and when we come back, uh, we have uh, John, McLaugh uh, John McLaughlin tell us what's going on in the polls in New York City. You know, tomorrow is primary day. Let's take that break first. Common Sense Recap of the Day's Biggest Stories. It's John Katzimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. This is Cats at Night, John Katzimatidis. We're back. And uh, tomorrow is the primary. And it looks like Governor Holcomb is going to win the primary in the Democratic uh, uh, election. And But uh, there's four uh, runners in the Republican election. And John McLaughlin is with us. And they tell us... Who the heck is going to win? Well, Lee Zeldin. And, and what's interesting about uh, it. That's a paid it, political announcement. I mean, you know. <laughs> an unpaid political announcement. <laughs> an unpaid you, have, political you, announcement. Have, 
You have Mayor Giuliani on every day for an hour. I'm at least <laughs> let Lisa <laughs> talk for a minute. That's a drive. I mean, Keep punching. Keep punching, John. By the way, by the way, you know you should talk to Mayor Giuliani because what was he doing campaigning at a Shoprite instead of a Gristidis? I mean, uh, how loyal. Well, you know, Giuliani feels uh, that, uh, that he's still the mayor of Staten Island. <laughs> well, well, I think he's going to be surprised how well he does there because. The, the people want to. They want to restore law and order in New York State. They want to keep it affordable. We want to stay That's here. The number one Republican issue. Number one and issue. Law and order. Well over a year ago, Lee Zeldin made that his cause to run, and all the other candidates, to their credit, have picked up on the same issues, saying the same things. But Lee's been crossing the state, and again, I'm his pollster, and we put out a poll uh, uh, just over a week ago where he had 38% of the vote, and he had uh, uh, Andrew at 17, he had uh, Estorino at 17, and he had Harry Wilson, we had Harry Wilson at 16. And what's interesting, you know, John Zogby, who had a poll which was different than ours, now put out a poll over the weekend where they were they were just recently in the field and they said Lee's up, you know, turned around, was up by six and a half points. So they're getting closer to our poll. But what's similar is they have Lee winning upstate beating Harry Wilson. They have Lee winning big in the New York suburbs, but, you know, Astorino and Westchester will do very well. Rob will do well there. And in New York City, which is only 15 percent of the usual turnout among Republicans, including Staten Island, uh, that's where Rudy Gi Andrew Giuliani's, because of Rudy, is giving us a bit of a battle. So you've got, you know, Lee still in the lead, and you've got three candidates that are splitting up you know, different geographic bases around the state. So uh, we just had we just had uh, Ingrid uh, 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 Ingrid Lewis Martin on, who's the chief advisor to Mayor Adams, and says only two percent of the Democrats have voted during the uh, uh, voting early voting early voting. I mean, that's how we got to Blasio. People didn't vote. Votes, uh, Ninety thousand people voted out of three million eight hundred thousand qualified in New York City. Yeah, and that's the way it is, in the, particularly with Republicans. Republicans, we, we don't trust the mail. We, we don't vote early. We come out on Election Day or primary day. And tomorrow we'll see where the turnout comes from. It's really important to for uh, uh, the Zeldin campaign to get our supporters uh, across the state. And Lee's been on a bus tour, and he's 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 got a rally tonight in Orange County up at Goshen at 6 o'clock. Um, he had a rally last Thursday, a big rally in Nassau County that I think, uh, you know, all, all of uh, the Congressman King's friends and, and supporters were there. It was a great and, turnout, uh, John. It was overflow crowd, great turnout, great response. And uh, I've never seen Nassau as united and the primaries, they are right on. Maybe the last time they were this uh, so united was when Al, Al D'Amato ran uh, the first time. This is a, a great a great turnout for Lee. And Joe Cairo is doing a great job. And a paid political commercial, you're the best pollster in the universe, John. It's because of you that the American people have stuck with me for 28 years. John, John, thank you very much. And we're going to have to take a break right now. And, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow's the tomorrow. And the polls in New York City are open from 9 o'clock to 12 from 6 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Right. And uh, right. what time? You think we'll know by about 9, 10 o'clock? No, you won't know. New York takes a while to count the votes, and you won't, you know, they'll trickle in, and probably 11 o'clock midnight you'll under, you'll, we'll have a good idea who's who's uh, who's going to win the exactly. primary. But, but people, if Republicans want to make change in New York, 
tomorrow you vote for Lee Zeldin for governor. Well, so. my God, a paid political announcement. Thank you so much. <laughs> that, I'll that, make Giuliani call me tomorrow. I'll balance uh, the show. I'll, I'll have him call you Tuesday night. Uh, <laughs> thank thank you, you so much, John, and we'll catch up again soon. Let's take hey, John, a break. I'll see you next week. Let's take a break, right, and we're going to uh, uh, come, uh, and we're going to be talking to J.P. Miller of the Empire Report, NY.com, to see, and he lives upstate, so I want to know what the heck is going on upstate. We're, we're back. John Katzmatidis here with the 5 o'clock uh, show, Cats at Night, and number one show at 5 o'clock, and we... We let you know what the heck is going on. Well, we have with us J.P. Miller from the Empire Report, NY.com, which is the Drudge Report of New York State. It's a great website. And it's a great website. And uh, J.P. Miller, you live upstate. Tell us what the heck is going on upstate. Uh, well, thank you for having me on, John. Uh, I think a lot of people upstate right now are focused on uh, the big primary day tomorrow. We're uh, voting for governor, both on the Democratic side and the Republican side. Uh, Kathy Hochul's running against Jumani Williams and Tom Suozzi on the Democratic side. And on the Republican side, we've got Andrew Giuliani versus Lee Zeldin versus Harry Wilson versus Rob Astorino. So I think it's going to be a big us, day tomorrow. Us, it's what a lot of well, people are talking about upstate. JP, Kathy Hochul's going to win. Let's talk about the Republican. Give us the 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 uh, the pulse of what you think is going on upstate because we, me and Lydia, we live down here. <laughs> Right. So I think uh, the front runner for the Demo- for, for for the Republican primary is Lee Zeldin. He came. He was first to announce senator from Long Island. You know Lee Zeldin. I believe you interviewed him on your Sunday show this past week. He's the early front runner. He's been endorsed by a lot of the county chairs, et cetera. But recent polls have shown the race tightening. Uh, Lee Zeldin had what what many prognosticators believe was a weak debate performance last week with the new. Max debate. The next highest person is Andrew Giuliani. People say that that might be name ID, but they're, I think during the last poll that they had, 30 or 40 percent undecided voters. So who are they going to break for? Harry Wilson, who, you know, is not... Uh, I would say the anti-Trump contingent is Harry Wilson, Rob Astorino, who people remember ran against Andrew Cuomo four years ago. And then, um, you know, how will Lee Zeldin do? Uh, J.P. Miller, we want to talk about crime. I mean, down here in New York City, it's a huge topic. We have like these professional boosters, people arrested for over 100 times and they're getting out. How much of how much is crime a big issue in upstate New York? Crime is an issue in upstate New York. You see it in Rochester. You know, you you don't see it in the New York City headline uh, tabloids, but Rochester, New York, has a major crime problem. Syracuse, New York, has a major crime problem. Buffalo, New York, has a major crime problem. Albany, New York, has a major crime problem. And those upstate cities, it's with those crime problems, people in the suburbs are reading about that. And people are scared. I think crime and inflation are the top two issues right now. And you're, you also see a big thing with upstate is people upstate were massive 
people who were tourists to New York City, go to Radio City Music Hall, to the Rockettes, go see the Rockefeller Christmas tree, go to a Yankees game. And more and more young families I talk to say, yeah, we might skip the Yankees game this year. If things get better, we might go down. But uh, Eric Adams obviously made big news today in the New York Post saying that he had no idea how bad it was until he became mayor. So, yes, crime is going to continue to be I number think, one, one thing. Number one. Yeah. Uh, JP, you know, we had pre-COVID uh, 2019, we had 65 or 66 million tourists in New York. And right now, and I had uh, Mayor Adams on with me last week, and uh, we said right now we have bupkis. And unless we get our street safe, our subway safe, the, you know, the tourists are not going to come in. Yeah, and you're you're also seeing – in upstate New York, you're seeing uh, home prices go up. More and more people are moving upstate and Long Island. And I saw CNBC announced today that a lot of the major Wall Street banks are thinking about layoffs with the market conditions Goldman that they Sachs were. Goldman Sachs announced they're moving 5,000 people from Wall Street down to Texas. Yeah, so there, there are going to be – there's going to be uh, – you know, a reckoning here this summer. And it's, you know, it is a democratic state. I would say Kathy Hochul is right now the front runner and the prohibitive favorite to win re-election. Um, but we will see what, what happens this well, summer. Well, don't and forget what, are the what happened to Todd Kaminsky, uh, Peter King. What the happened Putsky. to Todd Kaminsky uh, in, in Nassau County? He was walking around telling everybody he was – 20 points ahead and had 15 million in the bank. And, what uh, happened? And, and but that was true. He was at least, I think, 20 percent ahead. He had tons of money in the bank, and he ended up losing by almost 20 points, uh, led by, among others, WABC, which exposed his bail reform record. And Ann Donnelly uh, was a great candidate. And Todd Kaputsky, as you call him, John, he mm-hmm. went down to a terrible defeat. And good and, and I like the guy. He's a nice guy, but, but he, he was one of the authors of the bail reform law. And he tried to sort of back away from it, said he really wasn't what he voted for, and he didn't really mean it. That Well, he gave all this nonsense, and it just blew up in his face. How how angry are they? Uh, upstate New York, you you lived upstate. How angry are voters upstate about bail reform and, and about keeping uh, New Yorkers safe? I would say bail reform is 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 an issue here, although people in upstate New York, what's a little bit different about upstate is when I lived in Manhattan, I never filled up my gas tank. I would take the subway. I would take the cabs. I had no idea what the price of gas was. Now I fill up the tank once or twice a week, and it's brutal. You're sitting there watching those numbers, and they continue to climb, and that's something upstate. Is people it over $100 yet? Was it over $100 yet for you? Uh, I have I have had a hundred dollar fill up. I haven't had a lot of those, but it, 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 half a tank could be seventy bucks. And uh, you know, I'm not going for the super premium. Yeah. And uh, that is something that um, every single family is feeling that, and every single family is filling up their tank. And uh, it's it's going to be brutal in the fall if these gas prices don't relent. Well, J.P. Miller, Empire Report, NY.com. Get all the latest news of what's going on in New York City, New York State. Thank you so much, and God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you for having me on, John. Thank you. Our next guest is one common-sense Democrat. He's a friend of mine for 40 years. 
We have with us the former chairman of the board. We have uh, Charlie Rangel. How are you, Charlie? John, how are you doing? Who was that that was your, your former speaker? Who were you discussing? This? Just right now, it was J.P. Miller. He lives upstate. He publishes the Empire Report, NY.com, which is the, it's the, the drudge report of, of New York City. Hey, Charlie, this okay. is... Charlie, this is Pete King. I don't want to get sidetracked. I just want to say hello to you. Wish you the best. You and Alma are great friends. I am telling you, Peter, I cannot see what happened in such a short period of time to people that you and I work with, respected. You know, John, Pete and I were so fond of each other. That sometimes he would come over and sit on the Democratic side of the House of Representatives. And I said, What's up, Pete? He said, Nothing. I just want to tee off these guys wondering <laughs> what the hell they're doing over He's here. He's a little bit of a prankster, that uh, King. <laughs> well, you know, but I started. Did they, did they the name same King's thing? Highway after you? <laughs> huh? Did they I, name I, King's I Highway after Peter thing. King? So when I stand and walk with my black self across the Democrats right in the middle of the Republicans and sit down next to him, they don't say anything. They just stare. They just look, you know, like I'm the wandering someone don't know where I am. And we have we have discussed and disagreed on so many things. And it hasn't affected our friendship. One thing, if anything. It just led to a more mutual respect uh, for each other. And I I see that we're losing that, and uh, it is a tragic thing. We're losing uh, it. We're losing it. You're right. Charlie, you're right. For instance, on, on any issue at all that we could find a compromise on, you and I would, Ben Gilman would, Ham Fish would. I mean, we had we found ways to work it out. If we couldn't agree, we couldn't agree. But today, you're almost not allowed to reach a compromise. You're not allowed to uh, find a common sense solution. Well, I think what's going on in both parties is that we're getting involved in a cult attitude that you are better respected by belonging to the cult than for any individual feelings that you may have had. And uh, and when you find both sides are pretty well entrenched, it doesn't leave much area in the middle to negotiate because Republicans who want to negotiate, they got to have a primary. Uh, Democrats who want to negotiate are not considered liberal enough. And uh, uh, quite frankly, but, uh, in but, order to but get the black to- voters, and we had Eric Adams on last week. And we had Reverend Al uh, Cock, uh, Cockfield on last week, and we had A.R. Bernard uh, on last week. The black voters are mad as heck on the Democratic Party because the common-sense Democrats don't have, how do you say it in Brooklyn, colunes to stand up against the crazy ones. Chutzpah. Well, I, I, I think what we're saying, John, is that this is occurring in both parties. I mean— we had a, a Republican a state leader on the, the uh, January 6th uh, uh, hearing say that uh, the former president of the United States uh, asked him to do things that were abhorrent to everything he believed in morally and politically and patriotically. 
but he would vote for him again. So uh, we we both have that same lack of courage. It's not lack of courage. It is wanting to get reelected. They think more about getting reelected than they do about a moral obligation to their family, to the community, and to the country. And so you know what I do? I call out to all – I'm talking about now the national thing. I call – I was on television last week, and I called out to all Democratic – uh, U.S. senators, who the U.S. senators are supposed to be the states, the statesmen of our country. Of to, course. To, to 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 think about what the heck our country is going downhill real fast, and that they should put their foot down and and make sure our country they sit down with common sense Republicans, common sense Democrats, and and figure things out. Well, I've taken this one step above that, John. You know. Throughout the Constitution and the writing of the papers to make our democracy better, God's name is used throughout the scriptures and the documents. And even when you go to the Congress, you see these biblical references. But I haven't heard from the religious community. I haven't heard from them during the slavery time. I haven't heard from them. During the war, they were less than fighting against anyone against the United States, and they pretty well support the flag. But when America's family is now divided on issues that concerns morality, it would seem to me that Catholics and Jews and Protestants and Mormons uh, should be able to come and say, enough is enough. This country never was a religious country because we expect that you came here to do the right thing. And it wasn't spelled out. But they they get tax exemption. They don't have a threat of being kicked out of office. They don't have to worry about getting reelected. And still, we don't have them talk on any moral issue that affects this great country of ours. Excuse me, Charlie, they they're going to call a break there. here. Can I ask you one political question? Who's going to win the assembly primary tomorrow in Harlem? Inez Dinkins? It was a scary question before, but the way the polls are going and the people are finally coming out, uh, it looks like Inez Dinkins is Common sense vote. Good. reelected uh, Good. Uh, to uh, people know her. She has a tradition. The person running against her is not known and being supported by organizations outside. And also the mayor. Uh, the mayor is supporting Inez also Dinkins, right? The mayor. Oh, more important, I supported Inez Dinkins. Okay. <laughs> and Charlie. Yes. And so, uh, but still what's important is that people don't know that primary elections in many communities determine who's going to win the general. Yes, absolutely. Because there are not enough Democrats or Republicans to make a difference. So we have to have more respect for primary and general elections. People have to realize that you, you don't need just Supreme Court decisions in order to get out there and to vote. And the churches, while they shouldn't be partisans, should really say as a part of being good community citizens that everybody should be registered. Everybody, Everyone should be voting. Charlie, um, before we close, because we've got to take a break, 
You know what I said to all my Democratic friends and all my Republican friends? Remember, we're all Americans. Be loyal to America before you're loyal to your party. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Rangel well, is an American war hero. Korean war hero, Charlie. And, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, that's what Lincoln said. Damn it, hell, you can be separate, but our nation won't be strong unless we are united. And that just makes a lot of sense, whether we talk about a family, a community, or a great country. If we start fighting each other just because of the way we look. We're we're all going to come together. We're all going to come together, and we're going to fight the people that are trying to change our way of life. Well, it's up to the three of us to come up with ideas that will cause people not to be considered traitors because they're willing to have a better America. Yep. Well, you guys have courage. Well, thank you, Charlie uh, Rangel. And, Charlie, we're going to have dinner soon, and we're even going to drag another white guy there, but Peter King. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to you, and as long as you with Margo, you can take me straight down. So All right. Aww. You got it. Now, we'll talk to Great you real job. soon. Let's- take care. And- thank you. <laughs> thank you, Charlie. And we're going to take a break, and we're, when we come back, uh, we have uh, Michael, Nussbaum. Uh, Michael Nussbaum, who was cousins with my be- one of my best friends, Bernie Nussbaum, who has since passed away. And Counsel to I, the president. I forget him. Uh, let's take that break. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Cats at Night, we are back. And we have with us uh, uh, Mr. Michael Nussbaum, who has organized the Jewish uh, people in, in Queens County and maybe parts of Brooklyn to vote common sense people versus people that... Uh, uh, regressives. Uh, Michael Newsbaum, tell us what you're doing. How are you, John? Uh, I thank you. Uh, I'm frustrated about getting out the vote, period, whether you're Jewish or not. I'm afraid that tomorrow's election will probably have a turnout that's under 20%. You know, everybody By the way, we had uh, Chief Ingram uh, Lewis Martin on before, uh, yeah. Deputy. Uh, she used to be deputy uh, borough president. president, and now she's chief uh, counsel to uh, uh, Eric, Eric Adams. Adams. Uh, and she says there's three million eight hundred thousand Democratic voters. Only two percent voted uh, came to vote for pre uh, early voting. Yeah. yeah, I was number thirty in my voting booth, and that was five days into early voting. Wow! And and, and John, I, that's why I'm a fear. Those people that are working the streets, those mm-hmm. organizations, that whether it be from the left or the right, if you're organized, right. you're going door to door, you're going to steal elections. Tell all the and, Jews you know, that you represent what you want them to do to go out and vote well, for common sense. Tell well, we only got we, 10 seconds left. We, we, we had a great rally this past weekend with the governor <laughs> and the staff. The Jewish community is, is outraged by many things, but they're going to come out to vote. It's one of the things you can count common on. Common sense. Don't Jewish vote for the woke culture. <laughs> you know what we stand for in this in this uh, WABC? 
truth, justice, justice and, and the American, American way. way. Thank you, Michael Nussbaum, and, and we'll catch up with you again. Early and often. Thank you. <laughs> All right. God bless America.